0: to the Couples Guide podcast. I'm Ryan. And I'm Talia.
1: We're both licensed marriage and family therapists. And today,
0: like every day,
1: (laughs) we're debunking myths and delivering truth about dating, relationships, and everything in between. Trust us. It's awesome. (laughs) Episode 108.
0: Wild. Yeah very cool is it worth it is it worth it
1: i don't know (laughs) i am feeling um pretty confident and feeling pretty strong about our podcast i think that um inherently it is a good deserving uh, valuable Mm. listening tool thing in the universe and i think because (laughs) of that people listen to it and people appreciate it and
0: yeah i think it's it's a worthy podcast
1: and it, it attracts its own fan yeah, base yeah. it uh it attracts <laughs> true listeners. actually true and um yeah it's interesting <laughs> yes. how those two things kind of go together
0: we could do a little dance it's uh for those of you listening who are like what is the point of this episode uh this is a theme that has come up and i mean pretty much all the confidence work that i do with my clients but especially this week this this um existential concept of how self-worth and attraction intertwine if you will uh that how how we view our self-worth and how i don't want to say how much we have but like our perceived amount of self-worth will limit i forget exactly how it was worded when i told you the limit of who you can attract is who you believe that you can attract so the The level of self-worth that you currently possess or inhabit will dictate and limit not only who you're attracted to, but who you're attractive to. And I've talked about this on other platforms before, but never in depth like this. So I'm actually really excited after I get this eyelash out of my eye. I'm really excited to dive into today's episode.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you're um, right, brainstorming um, opposite ideas. And when this came out, like immediately, yes, this is awesome. I don't think it's yes. directly <laughs> yeah. talked about on the podcast. This really important right. dynamic, this tie, this relationship between our own self worth and who we attract and who we're attracted to. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's so key to just, first of all, label it like you did that there is this um, emotional relationship there. And then look at the different facets of it, about when you're struggling with self-worth, how that might limit um, your potential partner. And then Mm -hmm. also uh, how if you're doing the work on yourself and you're feeling this confidence in yourself, the kind of doors that will open to uh, the types of partners that you will be attracted to and that then will uh, be attracted to you. Love that. Uh um mm-hmm,
0: absolutely do we want to start in the negative
1: or the positive like do we start with hey w- when there is a challenge with self-worth it's low it's 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 i think scary. it's pretty
0: i mean that's like the most obvious like yeah. who yeah let's start with when it's low or lower than you would like what you and you are the the possessor of the low self-worth what you are willing to Uh, settle for or the kinds of relationships you're willing to get into or uh people who are attractive attracted to you might be people who have and this is where um ross rosenberg's uh, that's what is his book he calls codependency a self-love deficit disorder Mm. and i think we've touched on that before but there's like a spectrum of like Low self-worth, low self-esteem, codependency on the other side is like pathological narcissism. That is not what this episode is about. I only use this as one highlighted example of when you do struggle with self-worth, there's a potential to also struggle with codependent behaviors or overcorrective behaviors as a way to be liked and to be important and to avoid the pain of the low self-worth. You are far more likely to attract somebody who has more of those narcissistic either tendencies or the full-blown personality disorder because of the way he calls it the human magnet syndrome that everybody wants to strive for homeostasis and that's like a zero point. So if I'm like a little codependent, I meet somebody who's a little narcissistic, that that will even out. But we're talking if it's like a negative five to a positive five, that's where this yes, both of you will reach zero. But there's a concern there when your self worth is so low because you don't think that you have value to stand up for yourself, to advocate for your own needs, to say yes or no in a relationship, or you're like just happy somebody's attracted to you or wants to date you that you'll take what you can get. So I think low self-worth can create a situation in which we're not as um, discerning as we otherwise would be if we valued ourselves more highly.
1: Yeah. And I want to break it down a little specifically into when we're in these places of low self-worth and like you said, it goes into the, like um, the relationship piece where then we feel good about ourselves in relationship. So we, yes, when we have low self-worth that vacuum, the, 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 uh, the deficiency of self, the the deficiency of worth comes stemming from ourselves. Then we can um, fill with relationship worth. It puts more power Yes. In other people than in ourselves and so yes as you're saying that allows us to or that puts people in this position of accepting um relationship that maybe they would not normally
0: or right. not, not not normally
1: but then that that maybe other people would not um be okay with so then it's like cool i, I need yes. a relationship sometimes this can come out in this type of behavior of pleasing of needing the relationship, um, beyond the scope of, of what we in the health community would consider yeah. healthy and common, healthy, and yeah. then it starts getting into, you can have like specific, um, um, experiences in a relationship where this partner who you were using to fill yourself, fill your worth up, does something
0: mm-hmm.
1: that, is a huge red flag or is really um inappropriate not okay not okay like imagine you're on um date two or three and your partner starts just like completely criticizing you putting you down or blaming you because you were like 10 minutes late um Mm -hmm. i'm not saying that's like a guarantee you have to break up thing but i would argue that i'd keep an uh, eye on it (laughs) I would argue that's a red flag. <laughs> I would argue, like, hey, we're, yeah. like, we're early dating, and you didn't even, you know, there, I don't know any of the weeds of that example, but the point is, like, mm-hmm. there's this, like, really negative thing. And, like, imagine it's, like, egregious. Like, Marissa, fuck you for being 10 minutes late. You're a horrible person.
0: Yeah. They kind oh of, like, split. Gosh.
1: Yeah. Someone, my partner said that to me, date two or three. I'd be like, oh, we're not hanging out anymore. Goodbye. Like, that's Goodbye. just not the kind of thing I'm going to be with. Yeah. But if I'm coming from a place where my worth is getting filled by the other person, this is a class this is an example of how I would then be okay with that. I would let that mm-hmm. moment slide. I might even give that person because, the benefit yeah. of the doubt because mm-hmm. I'm getting some validation like, well, but they still want to stay with me despite I did that.
0: And But we're a, still on the date. Yeah. I'm still on
1: the date. And on a more egregious level, that type of messaging when we have low self worth is we're okay with, it doesn't hit um, a a danger zone for us because it's agreeing with this narrative we already have inside of our psyche. Like, yeah, I was a Mm -hmm. piece of shit for being 10 minutes late. So they're not saying anything rude at all. They're just saying the truth. Yes, they're saying what I already tell myself. Yeah. Yeah, not okay. This is Ryan now talking, not okay to be that aggressive Mm -hmm. and rude to someone. Um, So that's how like these very specific moments can interplay um in Mm -hmm. this dynamic and then that sets a precedent for a relationship so if that's happening early on in your relationship with low self-worth you then are then going to be it's harder to gain it along the way yeah and then you've limited who you're attracted to because now Mm -hmm. that space you have for early dating relationship is taken up by someone who is comfortable berating you and you're not then saying, yeah. no, no, thank you. And then finding the type of people who value you and accept you and are decent to you because they see worth in you more than you see worth in yourself.
0: Yes. And we often will see like seeing, seeing other behavior that is a red flag or a sign to be like that is not a healthy person people with low self-worth will will see that as a challenge like challenge accepted you say that you're also sleeping with other people and not just me I will have to wow you in bed rather than the healthy response is like I don't want to date somebody who's sleeping with multiple people or that is cheating if we're in a relationship whether or not you have the label or what have you like I've heard this from so many I've lived this with my friends too but I've heard this from so many clients the theme of I saw it as a challenge to prove my worth when I was questioned or when when either I was questioning it or when my partner questioned or put me in a position to question it, instead of being like, no, thanks, I'm not doing this, I took it as an incentive to be like, I'll show you, I'll prove you just how worthy I am when really your partner is not the one who needs to believe that you're worthy. You are the one that needs to believe that you are worthy. Yeah, And that's the foundation where having self-worth can help change who you are attracted to because I know when I did not have the highest self-worth, Not only is I attracted to like scummy or dudes, I'll be honest, I was attracted to guys who had a ton of issues, didn't have a they had family problems, substance use problems, probably a personality disorder thrown in there. I know my one of my exes was diagnosed with narcissistic personality disorder, but I was like, I can fix him delusional, like low self-worth will cause you to be delusionally attracted to unhealthy people as a way to prove I am worthy enough. And if I fix them indirectly, I think I'm fixing myself. It's a whole thing that, I mean, that obviously could be a whole other episode, but you wanted to highlight both. This does change the game of who you're attracted to.
1: Absolutely. And this is where the bad boy image comes into play in our culture, where it's really attractive to have like that bad boy guy where Mm -hmm. uh, they have a lot of problems and they're really Mm -hmm. cut off emotionally from everyone in their life and they have anger outbursts and they're violent and they're rebels and all of this stuff, but in Mm -hmm. a very like unhealthy way. And we we as but we're like partner,
0: oh my god protector. her.
1: They're so attractive.
0: <laughs> he and would kill part, for me. <laughs> well, and the, yeah.
1: well, there's there's that power dynamic that can be attractive mm-hmm. to ooh a strong person. Sure. I would argue the kind of person yeah. I just describe is the bad boy who's emotionally repressed, It's, it's not the it's the Mr Miyagi. It's week,
0: bru- but, yeah. bruised on the inside. Yeah. Bruised on the inside. And the, one of what? my favorite comedians oh, does a joke no, 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 that's like... Wait, no, wait, wait. I want
1: to finish with that. Hold, oh, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, no, no, wait, remember that, Because I don't want to get lost in that because <laughs> the bad boy thing is okay. directly related to what you're saying of then the feeling special syndrome. We're attracted to bad yes. boy because yes. they're bad boy to the rest of the world. But if I have low self-worth and this bad boy loves me, I am special. Yes, yes. And on top of it, then I have this delusion that since I'm special, they won't be a bad boy with me, or they will with, change. Yes, yes. And they're a bad boy for me, but they're good for me. And I'm even more special yeah. because I got <laughs> yeah. them to do the thing that the rest of the world never could do. That is mm-hmm. the story of how many different shitty stories in our culture. And unfortunately, what we see is then that is one person's self worth leading them to be attracted to a type of person and because it's a fantasy story or as your a delusion in a space then as soon as the relationship actually starts going it just leads to heartache if at the at best and not like to abusive relationships might quite commonly because now that fantasy yep. that oh the bad boy is going to not be bad around me cuz i'm so special nope sorry like that's just not how it's going to work there might be little no, moments of that, that desire special. to be special but it's not going to actually change that person. Or let's just say you actually get what you want in that scenario when you're the one attracted to the bad boy and the bad boy changes, you're going to suddenly be like, oh, I don't like you anymore.
0: I'm done with you. Yes. We've talked about this on another episode where it's like a cat kills its prey and then it's playing with it. It's like, I'm done. Like throws the mouth to the side because it's like the the why I was in it was because the the hunt and the kill was far more important than like having the thing at the end of it. And I'm not – advocating for you know you don't need, but sometimes it does feel like that that there was like a predator prey kind of dynamic yeah don't do that please i mean i know that's part of ipv intensely but that's not this episode like there is that syndrome that's the the comedian that i was mentioning he says like the reason why a lot of those big bruised tattooed guys are in security like security positions you see those big guys that you know out front of bars or whatever is because of their insecurities they overcorrect they overcompensate because somewhere along the way they were wounded or what have you and so they vow to never love again which is the exact type of person the low self-worth is attracted to that of like I can fix them I can change them and the whole bad boy image in many ways primally is attractive because of when you look at evolution like the trade of integrity the person is like I do this I don't do that I'm going to be this way I'm not going to be that way I'm going to drive a motorcycle I don't care what society says like part of our psyche, especially with low self-worth, is attracted to that in, in our early 20s because of the way the primal instincts worked of like, oh, well, he would, he would kill for me. He would die for me. None of this might actually translate hopefully into real life, but there's that primal part of our brain that we can't really turn off. So when you're in your early 20s and struggling with low self-worth, if you find yourself really attracted to the bad boys, my best advice is, is please don't do anything that would permanently bond you to them for the rest of your life. Um, because as you get older and you mature out of that primal, like, reproductive instinctual age, it's not sexy anymore. The the 20-something-year-old on the back of the motorcycle who's like, F you to your parents, at 40, you're going to be like, grow up, Craig. Like, what are you doing with your life? You still have this motorcycle. You st- like, it's not sexy as you get older and as you work on yourself and your worth, you will find those kinds of archetypes less attractive because there is not that driving force in the relationship of I need to fix them in order to fix me and once that heals and we shift gears into like what does actually having good self-worth look like in relationships Mm -hmm. who you're attracted to and attractive to that is a game changer and most people go through the journey if none if not if we were not blessed with high self-worth that was remained intact our whole life, then we often went down the journey of like, had self-worth, lost self-worth, had it again, definitely can look back at other times and be like, I would never date the bad boy again. Not that they're not hot or physically attractive, but the whole risk of everything going on with it is not worth it to me anymore. I want the boring scoop of vanilla ice cream. I want the person who sees my value because I also see my value.
1: And it also makes me think like the bad boy attraction has to do with, like, that stage of life in adolescence, teens and 20s. Uh, The bad boy, in a sense, is romanticized because they have, quote-unquote, conquered that stage of life goal, which is autonomizing outside of our family, being independent away from our culture. And that's true. That's what we're trying to do when we're teenagers and in our early 20s. We're trying to find our sense of self. So the bad boy we can look up to when we're that young and going, wow, you've done it. You've conquered it however as we're saying like if that if you come from that place of like low self-worth and it's also hitting that dynamic and filling your worth gap and that's why you're attracted then the problem is okay well what happens when you're 28 and you're out of that stage of life and everyone in the world has conquered it and that bad boy is actually still the bad boy it's like who's the burnout from high school you're like like you're (laughs) still trying to do those things it's like Dude, like you're, you're, you're left in your glory days of when you were 17. Like that's not really attractive so long-term.
0: Yeah, so it is yes, like true.
1: give credit where credit's do. that, you know, maybe there is some attraction in that stage of life for someone who's been independent, free thinking, and is breaking some cultural stuff, but make sure that that's, what's attractive and that it's coming from a place of those traits, as opposed to, yeah. I need to feel special to change this person. Um yes. because as you're as saying you say, later in life, you're gonna be like, yes. we're gonna get together. Like like you know, we're past yeah.
0: that. Or, or you're either now. you're either gonna change you're either gonna change them and be unattracted to them because some relationships are only like sometimes we're only meant to be in a relationship with the unhealed versions of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that's something that a lot of my clients have resonated with that. Once I worked on myself or once they healed, like I, I finally got the bad boy to go to therapy or what have you. And I'm working on my self-worth and he's working on his self-worth. And now we're our more healed versions of ourselves. We're not even attracted to each other. It like, it's not a match. It's only a match when it's unhealthy. Often means it will not be a match if it's healthy. You need to find a separate new entire, One <laughs> of my favorite memes, and it transitions us into the higher self-worth cat topic. That she was discussing, it's like, I was discussing with my therapist and describing what I'd want in a relationship. And she's like, and my therapist took a kind pause and said, you're describing a whole different person, like a whole different person. (laughs) Like, it's not even the same partner that you're describing. Like, you need a new human being. And that's so true, I think, of when we describe, you know, how do I view myself? How do I want to view myself? There's maybe a disparity. And if the disparity looks like when I view myself this way, do I think that type of person would date the kind of person I'm attracted to now? Probably not. And I can tell you confidently, I would have never ended up with my partner if I were at a different level of self-worth because I would not have felt worthy of this kind of relationship, or I would have felt found out eventually by him because he's so perfect. Not that he really is, but he's (laughs) remarkably healthy, securely attached, great family, like by the book, it should be a case study. Truly. I've mentioned this before. Uh-huh. That is something that I would not have felt worthy of before because I needed to work on my self-worth. Uh-huh. So that can shift us into when you have intact, higher working on self-worth, who you are attract attractive to is somebody who has maybe equal or similar playing field level self-worth. And who you are attracted to might be somebody who's less edgy, more secure, more stable, less of that like roller coaster anxious avoidant trap dynamic and less of that human magnet syndrome codependent narcissistic bonding. Yeah. So I think it makes a huge difference on um, the limits that we place on ourselves. Yeah
1: and when you're coming from a stronger sense of self-worth, um, just to like uh, also point out, like what we've mentioned already that it mm-hmm. means then you won't put up with certain things, especially early on you won't set into yes. um, accepting red flags um, just as, as one point to it. Another thing that I think mm-hmm. about is when you have that higher sense of self worth and you're so confident in yourself and you feel good about yourself, then you also believe that these people that you are attracted to will also be interested in you. Because there is yes. then, you're not limited anymore on your own about going, oh, that person's too perfect for me. I'm not going to go there. And instead, you're going, like, yeah. I think I'm the, the full package, warts and all. I'm not perfect. Mm-hmm. That means I'm looking for people who are the full package, also. Um, and yes. then, so when I when I meet that person, and uh, you know, our friends introduce us as mutual friends, and goes, "Oh my gosh, this person has got their stuff together. They're really attractive. Mm-hmm. They've got X, Y, Z that I'm looking for in a partner." My self worth goes great. I'm going to ask them out. Or I'm going to yeah, see if this feels available. like a match. This is someone that mm-hmm. would actually make sense for me as opposed to so, yes. going, oh, there's no, they'd get bored with me in three. They're too good three, for me. Eight. Yeah, they're too good for my can't do it. Self-worth has us believe yeah. in ourselves, which opens up the possibility to getting to um, other people who also believe in themselves. This is what you're saying. I was pointing
0: out like that, that confidence mm-hmm. piece that sure. comes with self-worth yep. allows you to have those opportunities yes. to meet top tier people. Mm-hmm. And, and to have... Trust in yourself that you are capable of navigating being with not not just a date or two, but if the goal is to be in a long term relationship, being um, trusting of the self to navigate what it's like to be dating longer term, potentially in a relationship with somebody who has higher self-worth, and to know that conflict will look different, Um, the types of shared activities you do will look different, the nature of your conversations will look different, ideally in a more positive way. And this is um, something when I'm working on with clients that they're like, yeah, it's too boring. Like it's too healthy. It's too safe. It's too secure. We never fight. I don't know what the heck is going on. He's so nice. He does all these things. He, you know, he may forget here and there. I forget here and there. You know, we're human, but it's so much healthier than I'm used to. And then the the part of their brain who loved the bad boy is like, ruin it, sabotage it, (laughs) just make it unhealthy again. And that's the urge when we have low self-worth that we've healed. That unhealed part of us still lives inside of us somewhere. And I call it flare ups or when you're like 14 or whatever age your old self comes out to play and I've had that happen before and I remember at the very beginning I think it was like five months into dating years ago and I remember being like so like do you have like plans later or whatever and he was like no I don't think so and I was like cool like leaving a bachelor for work for my house I was like maybe we could like FaceTime later or whatever, you know, like no big deal, like totally downplaying it. Like, why? I did. I felt fourteen, trying to play it cool. He's like, yeah, I guess. And I was like, in my brain, I'm like, oh my god, threat detected. He wasn't a full commit, blah blah blah. And I remember boxing my men, uh, my mentor at the time at, at, on the way to work, and I was like, why the fuck did I say that? Like, that was so embarrassing. And she was like, just text him and be like, thanks for being nice to fourteen year old me. What I really meant to say this morning was, I'd love to see you tonight, and like, be confident about it. And he was like yeah, you were being weird. Like, why don't you just ask to see me? And I was like, yeah. because 14 year old me thought she was going to get rejected. And he was like, yeah. yeah, don't do that. Like be an adult. And I was like, okay. So it, it it's an adjustment when you are healing from that self-worth. You might still have those mental limits, even when you've um, when you've possessed the partner who has the high self-worth. Also, <laughs> up here is still where you're going to have to wrestle with. And that's the, a lot of the clients that I work with, especially in dating coaching, that they have the full package. They are the full package they work to see themselves as that. And then the next step after accepting, no, I am worth it is how can I feel confident enough to make an attempt to date a woman and to, because men struggle with self-worth too. It's not just a female thing. How can I not come across insecure and how can I come across confident, but not cocky that I want to get somebody quote unquote, out of my league. And I work with them to see like, Somebody truly out of your league is probably not going to be a good fit because you're going to be so not yourself around them. And when you are so attracted to somebody, we're talking like, oh, my God, they're so hot. I have to have them. Like <laughs> how women are with Jason Momoa oftentimes. You're not I your mean, real whatever. self. You literally – you or, or Ryan Hill, either one. Same, 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 same echelon, difference.
1: same difference.
0: <laughs> you shut down all of your stuff because you want to be so liked because it could potentially further the species, if you know what I mean, that your brain is like, (laughs) be perfect, be pleasing, be, you're not yourself. This is where the chill girl, the cool girl trope comes in. Like, yeah, whatever. I don't like have needs or like care that you text me at this time. Like, cool. If you are too attractive, too attracted to a person that you can't function and your authentic self can't come out, it's already a non-starter because by the time your real self comes out, the other person is going to be like, this is not what I signed up for because it's not because you faked them into a different relationship. So you want to make sure you're keeping an eye on how much authenticity you're letting out too with your self-worth.
1: Or like on the, on the, on the flip side of like being attracted to someone um, who's playing the blue yeah. girl card or like using yeah. your example of where it's like, yeah, if you kind of want like really unassertive confidence, like <laughs> whatever, yeah. have self-worth might go, oh, I'm yes. really attracted to that. Um, yes. I'm really confused. You got some feedback that was like, what are you doing? If you want to hang out, just like, let me know
0: versus someone Ask, else, like, like, why know, would you just, assume yeah, I would say no? Yeah.
1: Um, and so, um, if you had stayed in that 14 year old self, then, yes. um, we wouldn't like, be it together. could have then <laughs> yeah. led to, oh no, this person who, I mean, you want a partner who has self-worth, have these good values, mm-hmm. I'm um, oh, sorry, Value. No, I don't want to say values, has good self-esteem and is aware of that and is working on that, pay attention to that. And values um, themselves. Yeah. And values themselves. They're also going to have that ability to go, oh, well, this person I started seeing isn't that way. So again, I'm going to be out. I'm not interested. in That is a red flag. Now, y- you had a good point about as you are a healed human or a healing, I don't know if you ever fully heal, mm-hmm. but like if you're healing and have done the work, you were able to do an adjustment um, tap into some support and then rebound. And that was probably very attractive to this partner who then was able to go like, yes, cool. Thanks. That, that was nice. So got the benefit of that. Um, but I just want to point out how like on the flip side, when we are maybe a person, if like the goal is you also want a partner who has self-worth because they're adjusted, confident and in their, their own power, then that person is going to respond to you differently if you're coming from a place of self worth or a place deficient in self
0: worth.
1: Yeah. Yes. Uh, I have another point on the transition true. too. Um, sure. So sorry, I'm like steamrolling into a whole other thing. Yeah. Because like, yeah. you're sharing about that journey of from having lower self worth to much higher self worth and how that boring piece can come up and like the, hey, this isn't really exciting or interesting. I think that's such an. <laughs> we're not fighting. Thing What's on. wrong? Yeah. Well, yeah. because. And that's, that's particular for the people who have the context of having healed. It's because, and I don't want to speak mm-hmm. for you directly now, but using that example is that yeah. Yeah, if you learned love through the lens of low self-worth, then again, you, you, like the bad boy example, like you felt loved when you felt special, which often was probably given to you in inappropriate ways, maybe disempowering yep. ways. And certainly in ways that can often be very volatile. So yeah. if that's the case, then, you know, people coming from that background often have a background of, I only feel love in major fights. And I only feel love in really high highs of like awesome, extreme vacations. It's only through these extreme mm-hmm. experiences of negative and positive that I feel loved because it's always through that lens of low self-worth, which means if you've been healing and now you're in your empowerment space, you feel good about yourself And those big-ass swings aren't happening. It might be like, this is kind of boring. It might be different to attune to, oh, yeah, my partner who checks in on my needs, who comes in and shares their love through my own love language because they've heard me communicate in the past how I like it, and they're actually giving me what I've asked for. That can seem kind of ho-hum because I'm not necessarily attuned to that. I didn't learn that that's how love can look. So I just want to label the fact that Mm -hmm. like it can be even more challenging if you've gone through a healing process and transition into now empowerment of your own self-love, your self-worth, that you got to be on the lookout for that. Remember, wait a second, that's a little old self going, how come we're not in like some crazy chaos right now? That's how I know they love me. Look for these new expressions of this type of person that's attracted to you now. And how they communicate that love and how like, oh yeah, that's what someone mm-hmm. when they're coming from their partner is coming from their own self-worth, they show it this way. Yeah. They don't show it through chaos and and negativity.
0: Yes, it's so important to keep that in mind. And I give the advice to treat every to maybe not like every date. It's not like 50 first dates. That's a great movie, but it's <laughs> treating every relationship as though you have no negative a priori knowledge of relationships not that you have no relationship experience because if you have relationship experience that's healthy and positive learning how to um not fight and instead have a healthy conflict learning how to ask for what you need like i want people to glean the positive lessons from relationships they've been in and not negatively falsely accuse a current partner of doing something or potentially going to do something that a previous partner did or or seeing a behavior and going the low self-worth is like oh my gosh but this is exactly what partner a did when they cheated on me does that mean this person's cheating on me then they start interacting with this person as though that's true and the person's like you're being weird like what's going on it's like well you hid your phone you put it down the other day when we were at dinner and it's like you could have just asked i was trying to be polite like this, this is where yeah, kind distracted. of segueing into yeah i didn't want to be distracted oh you're not cheating on me they're like the f- no, like, why would you think that? Have I ever given you the impression that I would do something like that to you? Mm-hmm. No. So stop it. So really, sh- shifting and separating, like the the positive experiences are allowed to stick with you, relationship to relationship. The negative ones have to live in isolation. And this is where it comes up, self worth wise. If you notice a pattern that the last two to three or whatever relationships in isolation, separate from one another, you're noticing a theme, <laughs> a pattern. Every single one has cheated, lied, this, what have you. Please double check with yourself. Where are you at with the self-worth and what you believe that you're able to get in a relationship? Because that might be you settling for that behavior. If everybody has cheated on you. Yeah, I was just going to say, if everybody that you've been with has cheated on you, chances are there's something internal with you that is co-creating that i'm not saying you're asking to be cheated on but there's something within you that is either tolerating that behavior or picking people who don't have good integrity in terms of faithfulness to a relationship and they're more likely to engage in it and you stay so you don't you're not causing it in a way you're not hiring somebody to go sleep with your partner but you're you're co-participating in it because you're allowing it to happen if you don't leave This is much different than we're talking about the times we've had episodes on this. We're talking about like more in the beginning of dating where somebody can't be faithful or keep it in their pants. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. My mentor used to call that like your, your, your people picker is broken. And, um, and yes, that goes back to the dynamic we're talking about, where like maybe it's yep. that the bad boy dynamic, or maybe yep. it's the like you miss or like you don't register those first red flags. If anything, the first red flag actually in some way like fills
0: or like, ooh, ooh more shiny and new. <laughs> yeah. So, like you <laughs> yeah. said, like,
1: being honest, you know, if you're trying to see that pattern over time, so you're like, oh, maybe it's my people pickers broken. And mm-hmm. hopefully, this episode has yes. given some ideas to look at this dynamic. Yes. To be introspective. Definitely. And Um, I think the last thing I would Mm -hmm. just label is that uh, we're not offering specific like tips and tricks like we do on some topics because basically this is look at this dynamic. And if you're struggling with self-worth, that's a whole different deep dive of how to increase self-worth and go through that process. And honestly, I mean, I think there's a lot of stuff out there that you can just kind of like read about it. But like therapy is, we say this all the time, but this is like one of the biggest things that therapy can really help with. Because self-worth so is such a personal, vulnerable, and like um, emotional experience.
0: Mm-hmm. It's not
1: always as simple as, okay, I'm going to journal three affirmations every day. Sometimes it is. That's cool. And by the way. And
0: if that works, you, that works for you, more power to you.
1: But generally, yes. I mean, deep-seated, deep um, you know, yeah. low self-worth, um, that, that's yeah. like a, a great place for individual therapy.
0: Yes. Very true. Yes.
1: I love All it. Right. Thank I mean, you, everyone,
0: for tuning in.
1: Heck yeah, as always. Thank you so much. Um, Oh yeah, what's our wrap? Wrap. Um, If you have any questions for us or want us to answer anything um, topic-wise on the podcast, shoot us an email. Ryan and Talia at the com.
0: And we will be happy to answer them on an episode.
1: Is your Instagram still rocking and rolling?
0: Oh yes. Um, (laughs) I haven't been on it as much honestly because I'm prepping for baby, but it I'm is what it is when I, when I, my priorities have, yeah, <laughs> I have a puppy. I have a baby on the way. Like my life is, is different. I have different priorities. So when I feel like it, I'll go on. Um, but it truly has shifted like my whole life perspective. So yeah, when I'm on there and I do some Q and A's pop in, but um yeah, your, it, girl, your girl. Your girl has other stuff. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm still very active in terms of like posting and sharing, but doing the really in-depth Q and As, I just don't have the bandwidth for it anymore. Like I'm creating an arm right now, so I have yeah. other things to do.
1: <laughs> but they can find you at Talia yeah. Bombola. Yeah.
0: Yep. I'm just yes. to your at Twitter Talia Bombola.
1: There again and again. <laughs>
0: it all <laughs> of it is. It's all. It's all the all same. It. It's all across TikTok, Instagram, everything, Threads, whatever that app is. Like all of it's Talia Bombola. So come find me her there. Um,
1: so yeah, thanks again everyone. Take good care.